Hello and welcome to the Master Mediocrity Podcast. The brothers are back. Max Kessering, Fraser Kessering. We're here. Fraser, how you doing? Doing great. Doing great. G-R-E-A-T. Great. Awesome, Fraser. All right, we're here talking about general draft fantasy tips. We're doing our 10 tips for this year's draft season. This is probably like the biggest week for fantasy football drafts. It's definitely one of the, the biggest. You know, if it's not you're doing a lot of your drafts, it's at least you are getting prepared for your draft. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, people who might not have been uh, buckling down, you know, mocking this winter, you know, after the Super Bowl. Mocking getting, this winter. <laughs> getting those reps in, dude. It's like, if you're serious, you got to, you got to, this is a 24, dude. This is. Like, I disagree. Those, those, those. Uh, I was going to say this is a twenty-four month. <laughs> this is a twenty-four month long pot. This is a twenty-four month long season, man. You gotta, if you care about it, you gotta be doubling down. Like I've been doing two days for the last probably six months. What's the most drafts you've done at once? Uh, like in a day or at the same time? At the same time. One. Never done more than one. When I mock, I mock like six at a time. It's like speed poker for me. That's what I'm saying. Mock. Oh, mock. Yeah, I'll do like seven or eight. Yeah, at a time. It's like <laughs> speed. Yeah, might po- as well. It's like speed poker. As many as you can get in, really, dude. I'm just trying to freaking make this money. I have not come in. I'm gonna. This is really not good to say. I have not come in first in so long. I like I I the my fantasy drought has been like ridiculous. I am mm-hmm. consistently finishing towards the top of the league in points scored, and I have not won in a very long time. So I feel like was this it because you're not that good, or what? What's the deal there? Well, when you finish with the most points in your league consistently, and sometimes don't make the playoffs, I would not say that's me lack of quality teams. I would say it's more we have just a fairly like competitive un- league. Too. We do have a competitive league. I've just say, un-, un unfortunate circumstances of what caused that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't you can't play fancy defense. There's no defense involved, just offense. So you can only beat the opponent in front of you, and sometimes they score more points. <laughs> score more points than you, and they and you have no control over that. Nope. So yeah, um, all you can do is try and be better every week. Uh, get your team better every week. But uh, the bigger, biggest major hurdle in the beginning is to uh, draft your team. And we have 10 tips laid out that we think are going to help you draft better this year and uh, become a better fantasy player. That's a goal. Even if you don't win, just make it seem like you know what you're doing a little more. I think that's like that's <laughs> the key. The, the key to winning a fantasy is not sucking. Like if you're yeah. just like in the mix... You always have a shot because uh, I'd say if you have a say you're in a 10 team or 12 team league and you have four or six people make the playoffs, you just have to make the playoffs and any team can get hot. Like you just got to get to the dance. Mm -hmm. That's half the best. That's like going to the gym. That's like going to the gym. The hardest part about going to the gym is getting there. You know, once you're there, you can make it work. But, you know, (laughs) if you're not in the mix, you can't really do much. Got to get to the dance. So mm-hmm. the first thing you need to do is draft a decent team. Not 
you're not saying you're going to have the best draft ever, but you have to at least not screw it up. Mm-hmm. You can't biff the draft. You can't biff the draft. If you biff the draft, so your season could be over. Yeah. It's too hard to crawl back if you have no assets. Yeah, uh, you can pick. So you're not going to pick a whole team up off waivers, but you we can get into this. But yes, the, this is where it all starts. This is where all the preparation. Mm-hmm. This is where the two a days. This is where the mm-hmm. mocks. This is where it all mm-hmm. comes down. Uh, and this is when, you know, the rubber meets the road. This is this is this is it, baby. Just it's win. almost the Super Bowl of the season. <laughs> It's the Super Bowl of the fantasy. It's the most fun day of the fantasy season, I would say. Yeah, and it's I the really most like enjoyable. Yeah, and what's great about it is we do a fucking snake draft that is for amateurs, and we put all this preparation to something that doesn't, in reality, require all that much preparation. So, yeah, I'm really excited about this snake draft. <laughs> all right, let's get off that topic, Fraser. Fuck snake draft. Want to get want to get into our our tips first? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so. First tip, whether you're in a snake or an auction, this uh, draft strategy applies. It's called tier-based drafting. Mm-hmm. If you've never heard of it, you really should. Google a document or listen to this podcast. Fresh, can you please explain to the people what a tier-based drafting system looks like? All right. Oh, he's he's putting his hands together. He's making the magic. <laughs> so this is something that I adapted, I'd say, probably like three years a- ago. Adopted or adapted? Adapted. You adapted? I adapted to it. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Listen, you don't even do tier based <laughs> drafting, so <laughs> about to. About to. So tier based drafting is it's a great way to <sighs> seeing seeing, you know, top two hundred or whatever is nice. It's kinda it's it's fun to see where everyone ranks. Um, but in reality, the best way to project value and see, you know, potential targets is is through the tier based drafting um mm-hmm. and what that is is exactly what it sounds like you have each player set up into groups and you have them in uh a, let's say depending on the position group um you have it probably you know seven or eight different tiers you have your elite you have your near elite you have your like uh high upside serviceable so, starter serviceable yeah. starter. so you have different levels you know where potential you know uh you know sleepers breakouts kind of like that so the the top is the lead so let's just do for the running back perspective um right now you have roughly four elite running backs um and then there's a clear drop off after that depending on what's going on with zeke if he reports if not you might have to move him but right now it's pretty clearly even if you want to count zeke out you want to do the top three it's mccaffrey kamara and uh saquon those are your top three that's the elite running back class so that's your number one your elite wide receivers depending on who you like or what analyst you have um you know it's it's probably julio or it's probably uh hopkins and adams Um, some people have you know julio in there it kind of depends but as you're drafting you cross these people out and you can see okay who's left in the my elite running back tier who's left in my and you weigh out your options. it's a much easier way to weigh out mm-hmm. your options and figure out how is this draft shaping up where am i still getting my value like you know let's say the elite running backs are done and uh, or there's all but one elite running back right and there's the two wide receivers there's the elite like you have a little better idea of like all right 
if I don't get this one running back, like I'm kind of, it really is helpful in the beginning. It's kind of chalky, but it really helps later in drafts when you're trying to build your team and you're thinking, where am I getting the most amount of value? Um, so that's kind of how I use it. Yeah. I'd say from, from my, I do understand tier race drafting. I've never done it, but I I do get how it works. The goal is basically to isolate groups of players so that the entire top 200 doesn't become overwhelming. And you can basically pick out um, one whole group of players and figure out if it's more important to get like top tier in that or mm-hmm. top player in that tier, or you're willing to wait and or or even get to the next tier. Mm-hmm. So you can think, do I need a uh, number th- my third receiver, or do I need a running back because the next tier is really terrible? Exactly. You can really see what's the big drop off. Yeah, how screwed am I if I don't get someone in this tier? You know what I'm saying? Right. That's when it's thinking about really, later. Yes, it really cements the fact that like I might be screwed if I don't get at least one guy in this tier. You know, mm-hmm. because the drop off to the next tier is so drastic. That's very clear in tight end. So it, it's stuff like that where like mm-hmm. or maybe later on in the draft there's not that much difference between the tiers, so you feel comfortable being a little more flexible. But tier based drafting is. I think really important. And that's not to say you throw away ADP or top 200. You can still use that. But um, I think just as your rock, your cornerstone uh, to reference Mm. stuff, I think the tiers is really important. All right. That I think like goes into one of our other tips, which Mm. would be use the ADP tier advantage. And these can kind of work in tandem. Oh, yeah. So, Depending on what set you're working with, ESPN, Yahoo, all of them. No, no. So we, oh, number one, tier based drafting. Number Number two, two. use the ADP to your advantage. Yeah, exactly. So depending on which platform you're using, will greatly change who is available in what round. Mm -hmm. So. Someone in Yahoo might be a seventh round pick, but in ESPN, they're a five, fifth round pick. So use the ADP and your tiers to your advantage. Because if you value someone higher than the platform does, you may not need to take them as early as you need to, as you think you might on whatever. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you you can wait on them. That's the key to using the ADP to your advantage. And using your tier. Yeah. And to, to the tiers, just find one expert that you like, use their tiers, and then modify it for how you like it. You know, you can move people up freely. And from with, with that being said, like, let's say um, Delvin Cook. I'm, I'm big on Delvin Cook this year. Let's say I, I really like Delvin Cook. I think he's going to have a breakout year. He's currently going, I think, like ADP, 10-man draft. It's, you know, somewhere in the second round. But I have him on a first-round value. That doesn't mean just because I have a first round value on him or he's, my, my, he's in my elite tier or near elite tier, that doesn't mean I need to jump up into the first round. That means I might be able to get him at the second. You know, if you really like him, you can jump up to the first, but just don't don't go too crazy. Again, this is going to be a bigger thing. Um, you know, Chris Carson, like Chris Carson is currently going in like the fourth round, uh, but he's moving up. And if you have him in the second round, you don't have to get him in the second, but you can still reach for him in the third. You just don't have to reach for him in the second. Right. So right. you're still getting a value. Difference. You're just not, you're not going after it. You're not forcing the issue. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? And if there, yeah, I think that it really comes down to why you want to use the ADP is so you don't have to, so you can wait on players or so you can, uh, you know, you can kind of judge how people who aren't as prepared are going to do. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they're going to go off the ADP much more than you will. Because we're doing if you're more prepared, draft. yeah, yeah. Or in general, people will look at sheets mm-hmm. on auctions and see how much a player's worth. But if you value someone as more expensive, then you can get them at a cheaper value. So use that to your advantage. Yeah, and understand that's a great point. The, the platform. That's a great point because let's say, um, you know, I'll, uh, I don't even know. If, uh, you think Antonio Brown? You think all this stuff's like super overblown? His 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 number in auctions been depressed. It's way lower. But let's say you have like a fifty two dollar value on him, and and ESPN has him at thirty five. That doesn't mean you need to say, all right, fifty two. That's my bet. You know, that's <laughs> that's my auction value. I'm putting fifty two. When everyone's like, what the fuck? Like I wasn't gonna put twenty six on him. So you're just yeah. wasting money. You know, use that stuff to your advantage. See where you can like take advantage of the ADP. I think that's huge. I think a lot of people who might be shifting to a tier based or have been looking at their sleepers or have been looking at experts and, and seeing people that they really like going a lot earlier based on the, you know, the, that, that person's projections doesn't mean you have to reach find the value And, and flip, flip in the other direction. If you like a guy and he's coming up, you you better take him because you know he's going to be gone. Mm-hmm. So if if you like a guy and he's not going to make it back around to you, no, because of the average draft position, he won't. Yep. So understand it, I think, is the most important key. Mm-hmm. All right. Number three. Number three. And this is, I think, Frazier's favorite. Don't get stuck to your mock drafts. This is, this is one of my big ones. Because we we've been doing draft, we've been doing these mock drafts for a while, and you kind of get stuck in some tendencies. Um, you'll get an idea of you know this people go there, and you get like no matter what, this is who I'm pretty much drafting. Don't get stuck in that. Like you have to be very flexible. Don't get stuck up in your mock drafts. They're a great tool. I think. The thing that is the best about my drafts is it's kind of like practice. It is practice for the game. Its main goal of doing a mock draft is to make sure that when the time comes, you don't panic and take some player that you don't really want because you're unsure, you weren't prepared. So I think mock drafts give you really good, do a really great job of preparing you to, to not make those panic picks but you can't mm-hmm. get stuck up in the players you're getting in your mock drafts because the mock draft that I did a month ago is a lot different than the mock draft I did last week. So I can't get stuck of the mock draft I did last month. I have to keep updating and, and with new knowledge and new information, I have to adjust. Yeah. Also uh, your real draft. I've, I've never had a real draft go as I planned ever mm-hmm. not one single time have i been like exactly how i planned it so don't get stuck to your mock drafts because you're gonna get some shit in your real league and it's gonna be way different than you expect 
There's gonna be curveballs. There's gonna be people drafting all the way to the end. Wait, what? Mock we, drafts. This is football. We're not playing baseball. There shouldn't be any curveballs. <laughs> Should be all, only spirals. <laughs> only spirals. I'm, I'm not talking to you anymore. Should only spirals. Do we only play purple Spyro? dragons? Do we play Spyro? No. A little bit. I little feel bit. like we rented it from Blockbuster one time. Remember I don't when think we were good enough. Rent, it's hard. Remember we used to rent video games from Blockbuster? Yeah, dude. You get the cart. Yeah, you get the games like Cool Borders 360. ATV Off-Road Furry. I, I did say Off-Road Furry one time. I still say Off-Road Furry. Oh, I got a good story about Star- or, uh, Blockbuster. You want me to tell it? Uh, always. Oh, is okay. it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> okay. So we're renting a, a game or a movie at, at uh, Blockbuster or Block Bleaster. Block Bleaster. And Shout out to I'm all the holding... Atlanta bind heads out there. And I'm holding two sodas in my hands. One in each hand. I'm a tiny child at this point. Um, and I was also very slender and nothing fit me. Yep. So and... I'm holding these two... And you also refused to wear anything besides sweatpants until you were like seventeen. <laughs> Not true, but kind of. That's true. pretty right. true. Pretty true. Maybe Dude, sweatpants. Are, I have a, that's because jeans figured it out and started getting comfortable when I turned seventeen. Uh, jeans Yo, jeans used to suck. Nah, dude, they're way more comfortable now. Stretchy pants are way, way better. Uh, I am right. sick of the stretchification of this nation. Wear some freaking Wranglers. Get a pair of someone. God damn it! Buy a pair of Dickies. <laughs> yeah, those Wear don't a pair of Carhartt. All. No flexibility be, whatsoever. Walk around like you got freaking fire hose tubes on your leg. That's what you gotta walk around like. I don't want Lululemon jeans. I, I want do. freaking Wranglers. I would one hundred percent want Lululemon jeans. Okay, if anyone wants to buy me some Lululemon jeans, shout out. I don't think they exist. Dude, I'd get, I'd, I feel like Charlie would have some. But, so I'm holding the two sodas. Imagine a Tiny Max uh, holding two sodas. And as a, hey, Just get in the as mindset. As a, get in the mindset of a Max. Very thin, two, very two thin. liters, you buy all of like 115 pounds, hates jeans. Uh, Waiting to put these things on the counter. And as I'm sitting there, my pants slowly start to come down, and I'm trying. I'm like, "There's no way." I feel like there's no way. I and I try to save them by like spreading my legs out. You try doing work. some like knee movement. You're trying to like it, trying to like wiggle them up with like knee movement. It didn't work, it didn't work at all. <laughs> my pants fell down all the way to the ground. Middle blockbuster. Me, but two two liters, just boxers. Just, there's this black lady behind me. Big lady. She no, goes, it was a counter. Oh, no, no, oh no, she was right behind us. She goes, oh, <laughs> she just, really? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes, oh, oh, oh. I thought it was the lady she at the so counter. Fla- oh my god, I laughed no, so she was hard. so flabbergasted. She had no idea what to do. I'm just standing there with the two liters, and I'm like, whoops. <laughs> I don't even know what happened after that. My face turned bright red. Richie oh, loved that god. one. He thinks that's so- everyone thinks that's funny, dude. I've butts and farts will forever be funny. I literally don't care what anyone says. Like, it, it, it is just funny. There's a reason, like, kids, that's, like, one of the first things they find out is funny. Because it is just funny. Uh, gotta watch out for those barking spiders. Stand by it. Barking spiders. That's what uh, Josh calls a fart, a barking spider. Or, you gotta, or a bullfrog. You gotta watch out bullfrog. for the bullfrogs. Barking spiders right. sounds dirty. I don't like that. 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it means. I, well, I think it's hopefully like I didn't say something. Is like a, yeah, I think it's talking about your your manhole. Cover. Oh, hello. Looks like hopefully a spider. I didn't say- Hopefully I didn't say anything too too ridiculous. Didn't mean to. All right. Your manhole cover. What were we talking about? (laughs) Number three. (laughs) Number three. Don't get stuck in your mock drafts. Uh, Also, okay, so mock drafting. Uh, If you, like, if you pick someone. Okay, that's what it was. People do mock drafts for different reasons to try things out to see where players fall to try a different strategy they wouldn't normally so like mock drafts aren't a good way of being perfect but it gives you a good understanding of who might be available and what you could do uh i think so don't get stuck on mock drafts because your real draft will be different i think that's a good idea and when you're doing the mock drafts make sure you try out a bunch of different strategies so, because the draft is going to unfold differently every time. So, don't get stuck in doing a certain way. Plan out, like, oh, what would ha- what happens if I take a tight end early? How does this look if I take a QB early? What does it look like if I go running back, running back? Who am I going to see, like, potentially? That's when you got to do it. So, don't, don't get stuck in your mock drafts, but don't get stuck in the one way of mock drafting. Mock drafting right. is for you to try as many different possibilities as you can. And if you do, uh, what's I gonna say? If you do get mock draft and you are in a certain pattern and you only do it one way in your draft, if it changes, you will get much more flustered than someone who's ready for it. Hundred percent. Like if you're that that's the the draft panic is real and it happens. But if you're ready for it, it won't. If you're not stuck in your mock drafts, you'll be more prepared. All right. Number four. Number four. Don't get cute. People love getting cute. And this is for your fancy people who just want to be like, I'm a freewheeler. I know about fancy. I'm crazy. And they pick some reckless pick, like a defense in the eighth round. Uh, Fancy analysts know more than you do. They do it 24-7. So there's a reason why they get paid to do it. So when you're picking something that stupid or like people say pick a kicker and a defense in the last two rounds, there's a reason. It's because picking a kicker and a defense early wastes your pick. Uh, the, the difference between the best kicker and the worst kicker is very marginal. Negligible. And negligible. Yeah, thank you. And then your uh, best defense is so unpredictable, it's not worth picking them early. It doesn't translate from year to year like other things do. So mm. things like that are why you shouldn't get cute. And I think that goes for the, the free wheel or crazy, oh my God, look at this pick I just made. I'm smarter than everyone else. You're probably not. Yeah, and it's also like, don't get cute. Like if you, it, let's say this is your draft, right? You go Zeke. Melvin Gordon, Antonio Brown, AJ Green yeah. with your first four picks. You could very realistically do that. You know, like based on current ADP, just thinking like, oh, I think Z's coming back more. Like you're trying to get cute. You're trying to thread the needle of like, I'm just going all uh, like you can do all some upside. stuff. You can do some stuff like that. And then Josh Gordon in the sixth. Like, it, 
you couldn't do that if you if you're like I'm either gonna do amazing or just bottom out. But as we said before, half of it is just you know being in the mix. And if you so, are yeah, d- trying to yeah. be too cute by picking all these suspended players or doing you know mix and matching or making sure that none of your bye weeks line up or something like that, don't just don't get cute. Like just. You know, think about it. Like you, you got to be a little more. A balanced. little bit, yeah. And like, if if you're gonna draft someone that you're gonna reach for, but you're willing to reach for them, don't reach for them for like four rounds. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. well, it goes for back. To, it goes back to the use ADP yeah. to your advantage. Yeah, draft them maybe two rounds. Like you know, two rounds before people are expect that. If you have a guy in like that's normally undrafted or a guy who's in like the thirteenth for fourteenth round. You could pick them in the 11th or 10th, you know what I mean? But just know that you don't need to until later. So don't get cute and do something super wild and crazy. Uh, yep, 100%. Cool. Ready to move on to number five? Number five. This one is so simple. Draft a QB late. Mm-hmm. Very simple. At- simple Very yet simple. elegant. Why did we say this? Why is this important, Fraser? This is kind of like a no-brainer. Um, and people, <laughs> the fantasy community as a whole has gotten much better at this. I will say they have gotten a lot better. Um, the difference between QB, the, the difference is just so close. If you're in a, a single QB, four point per touchdown um, league, the the difference is so close that it doesn't matter as much. You know, Cam right. Newton is going in the ninth round. Drew Brees is still there. Like, you have these quality quarterbacks. And if you streamed your quarterback last year, just picking people up off the waiver, at the end of the year, you would have ended up with QB number six. <laughs> right. Which is crazy, but it's true. I mean, yeah. Josh Allen, from num- from week 12 until the end of the fantasy season, was the number one fantasy qb in 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 football so like you can get these guys off waivers to fill in a week you can mix and match and it doesn't matter if you do get mahomes at some crazy value and this is this is just saying like if you if you love mahomes you think he might put a 50 touchdowns there's definitely value in that but to pick him in like the first round is kind of crazy and it's that's the current ADP in the CBS league is the first round. And if you're taking a QB there, I mean, the difference between him, the potential of him, I'd say Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, like the difference, they could all easily, any one of those could finish as the QB one. Yeah. And if they're not the QB one, they're not that far behind. So, um, I got some good stats for you. Okay, so two thousand last year, we're taking Mahomes out of the mix because that's just an outlier, and I think you need to take out outliers to help understand numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but the number two to number ten uh, quarterback, the difference is basically two and a half points per game. Number two and number ten. Mm-hmm. The number two and okay, so here's the one. So. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Okay, fifteen. So the fifteenth quarterback is four points different 
than the number two per game. That's not very much. No. And when we take that to running backs, the number we're going to keep all the running backs in because they're much more balanced. But the number one running back, Todd Gurley, points per game, 25. Okay. The one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The tenth best running back points per game drops off nine points per game. The fifteenth drops off basically twelve points per game. What was what's number two to two to two to twelve? Two to twelve, because mm-hmm. that's what uh, we did for quarterback. I'm just saying. To right, right, right. So, so number two would be Saquon at twenty three point five. Twenty three point five. So, and this is like PPR standard. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So the eleventh and the second would be a difference of what's that? Seven and a half points per game, which is five points more than the quarterbacks. Yeah. Or four points more. So clearly the drop off in quarterback is much less and the drop off in running back is much greater from the top tier guys to the, to the mid tier guys and the lower tier guys. And that's just running backs. I mean, taking that's the just running backs. wide receivers, tight ends, like the, those differences are huge. That's the thing is it's dro- It's the difference. Mm-hmm. You're not drafting necessarily um, who's going to score more points because quarterbacks always score the most points. That's why a, a double flex league with a, a super flex, you always have a second quarterback because there's no point in not. Yeah. But yeah, because that's why quarterbacks are scoring like 20 points a game. <laughs> yeah, you're you're drafting the difference. That's what it comes out. You do. Matt Barkley scored 17 points a game when he played. You know, let's. These are just. It goes so deep. Like 20th best quarterback last season was Baker Mayfield. You know, Jameis Winston. They're all pretty decent players. Mm-hmm. They're only nine points difference. And that's like the 20-something best quarterback points per game. So that's why draft quarterback late, it, they're all kind of the same at a certain point. And the diff, the, the, the luck in getting him a Mahomes is really what you're looking for. And he was drafted way later last year. So, Yep. I was totally wrong on Mahomes last year too, by the way. Yeah, I was worried about him being so, like I was um, so wrong. Overhyped, I need to eat but, like yeah. a whole like six crow I need to eat a murder of crows. That's how wrong I was. I can't even just eat one. I have to eat like a flock of them. Me too. You can't get you can't get sick from a bird. <laughs> All right. What number? What are we on? Two, number three. Six. Number six. I should number these. Number six. Don't use late round picks on someone you have to hold on to. Use your late round picks on someone you can cut bait with because that bottom of your roster is going to change a lot throughout the season. Yeah, we call this one the old bait and switch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to get, you don't want to lock up that position, you know, for some. I think a really good example of this is Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is going to sit on your bench until week 10, chewing up a roster spot for you're not even sure what he is when he comes back. Nick Chubb could be so good as he was last year that Kareem Hunt really only sees the field, you know, to, in relief of Nick Chubb. In spells, yeah. So you're going to spend 
you know, whatever draft capital doesn't even matter because you have no flexibility going throughout the season because he's like a rock. It, you normally you have six <laughs> roster spots and all now you have five. And that crushes your flexibility. Crushes it. Because now someone could blow up and be like, yeah, he's really good, but I still need to see what happens with Kareem Hunt when he comes back in week 10. Just leave him. Not worth it. Yeah, so... Like, it's like Josh Gordon, like, every... Like, for the past, like, six years, when Josh Gordon was, like, maybe coming back, people would pick him up on the roster way too early, in my opinion. Yeah. And then he, like, wouldn't even be this as good as expected. So, why? What's the point? Just leave him. Yeah. Don't... Don't 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 put him on your team. Mm-hmm. Or someone who's like injured. Uh, this is more for late round guys, I'd say, than early round guys. Because early round guys, maybe it's worth having them on your team. Yeah. Like a Melvin Gordon. Like at a certain point, you just like, dude, I need to like have a guy like Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. If he's gonna be there, I need a difference maker. So I get that. But late round guys, it's it just gives you no movement and no flexibility and no no options the best thing to do and what we're saying is pick a guy who you know could be good or bad in the first two weeks three weeks something like that mm-hmm. uh or pick someone like tony pollard or troy pollard the the running back for the the cowboys if you're drafting this week take a flyer on him because you'll know almost immediately if zeke is coming back if zeke coming back he's not worth shit and you can get off him fast and try to pick someone else up off waivers. Or you could try to pick up one of the L.A. backs. You know, you could take Eckler and then uh, some combination of the other two backs and then be like, well, if Gordon comes back, one of these other guys might see the lion's share of the carries. So, But if he's not, then you can get rid of him really quick. Like, stuff like that is so important. You know, or last year with Matt Breida. Yeah. Matt Breida, you knew like either he was going to be good or he wasn't in the beginning, and then you could get off him fast. Mm-hmm. I think rookies, sometimes you have to wait a little bit at running back. You might have to yeah. hold on to him a little longer because they're just kind of a lottery ticket. But um, mm-hmm. I think – Like Deshaun to- Jackson, like is he going to mesh well in that team? Like, mm-hmm. it, Yeah, like, exactly. You'll probably know pretty soon if he, if he still got it or not. Or maybe like one of the Green Bay guys, if you liked MVS or Allison, you know, that's a great example of, you know, you'll know week one or two who's the number two option there. It's pretty, right. we know who's the number one, uh, but not positive on who the number two is. And yeah. by week two, by week one, you'll have an idea of who is going to be the major yeah. wide receiver. And be willing to cut those late round picks quick. Don't get stuck in, oh, I drafted him. I need to keep him on my team. No. Mm -hmm. Just ship him out. Like, it's worth changing over your roster. A lot of rosters. So, some leagues will have a limit on how many roster moves you're allowed to do, or fab budget might be a concern of yours. But make those moves constantly evolving and changing, especially with those late round lottery tickets, are important. So, that's the second part of it. Take someone who you know what if they're good or not quickly. And second, be willing to cut them if they aren't. Yep. Don't pick a guy like DK Metcalf who has to get surgery. It's going to be on your team for 
for four weeks or whatever. You're not going to know if he's good or not. Well, they then said when he, he gets might back, be back for this. Yeah, but he's I think that timetable is a little crazy. Back. Yeah, that's bullshit. He's not. Yeah. He's not going to be back for week one. And why would you do out there, rookie, who's like still figuring out the offense and stuff? And like, then you don't even know if he's worth keeping because rookie receiver, we never know if that's going to translate. And usually, it's a hard, you know, process to understand a new offensive system. Whereas running back, it's easier to translate. Happens a little quicker. The uptake's a little quicker. It's more uh instinctive position i would say mm-hmm. so something like that for example if you're gonna take you made a good point if don't be afraid to draft rookie running backs but be very cautious in 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 drafting tight rookie tight ends or wide receivers Ti- yes hit, i'm glad you said tight the ends. Hit rate of those is really low especially tight end especially tight end 10 end the uh, TJ Hawkinson is he could be an awesome for the Lions. He could also be total shit, and that's one of those things you might know week one. But tight end, if you're streaming, you don't mind. It, that's fine, but don't draft one of those rookie tight ends kind of early because the success rate is just so low, especially early. Yeah, I mean Eric Ebron, first round pick. How long did it take for him to be any bit useful in fantasy? Mm-hmm. Like three or four years. I mean, he was terrible before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, tight. I'm glad you said tight end. Tight end. I still don't think he's good. I don't understand don't him at good. all. Uh, but that's another example of Joku. Um, I mean, Egvin Ingram's a little different just because so many people in front of him went down. But even still, he was he was barely a top ten tight end with all of those injuries, where he was essentially the number one wide receiver on the team. So you just have to be really careful about drafting those tight ends. Rookie tight ends, but rookie running backs have go go crazy. I mean, there's been I, you can go back and look at all the, this. You guys are getting a free uh, tip here. Don't be afraid to ref, draft rookie running backs. Um, Trent Richardson, his rookie year was number one running back. Eddie Lacy, his number one his his first year was number one running back. Saquon Barkley was a number one uh, running back his rookie year. Um, there's so many examples of rookie running backs. Zeke. Is Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott was number one. I mean, there's just been so... I think David Johnson was another one. There's just so many examples of rookie running backs doing awesome. So don't be scared about drafting David Montgomery or Ronald Jones or uh, Josh Jacobs. Um who's the the uh sander there there's a whole bunch of them but just don't be afraid about drafting those those rookie running backs cool the running back position uh i think it's interesting you bring that up because i think that kind of works into our next uh our next tip so tip number number seven pick number whatever seven uh, short-term players are worth having. I think this is very specific to the running back position. I, I'd i say it happens to wide receiver, but in running back, it happens more often because of injuries. That's specifically what I'm looking at. And holdouts or whatever. So why would you say for that short-term players are worth having? Because if you're planning for the fantasy playoffs, some this is Max's point. You got to be at the dance. To have a chance to dance with a you gotta pretty, be at the dance. You gotta be at the dance to have a chance to dance with a pretty lady or guy or man. So you gotta be at the dance. But if you're like, I got this great tux, 
you know, I got my hair all done. I got a new blowout. You know, I, I got this new Rolex. I'm looking super sick. I can't wait to get to the dance. I, you know, I'm going to do the robot when I first get there. This song's you're making all these plans about the dance. Uh, and then your mom, who was supposed to drive you and who you never talked to, uh, you know, she's got she's got a wine date with Karen and and uh, Kathleen down the street. And now you can't go because they're all drunk and you don't have a ride because you never planned the ride. You got to plan out the beginning steps to get to the dance. You can't yep. think too far ahead. You got to get there. And the way you get there is by drafting the short term players. You know, LaShawn McCoy, he still has a lot of value. Those guys in the beginning of the year, maybe Austin Eckler, but you're too get wrapped up in drafting the Melbourne Gore. Those guys are going to get you wins in the beginning of the year. Those are the things that are going to get you to the dance so you can dance with a pretty lady or pretty man. So that's what you got to do. You have to think about the early early season wins count as much as they do late in the season. So if you can get some of those early you can get a good team and make it to the playoffs and have the chance to dance with a pretty lady and or man. Some people get it confused. I think you said that very eloquently when you got around to it. It but- takes a while, but with all good analogies, it has to be very confusing and take a very long time and have a very okay, mediocre payoff. So I feel great about it. <laughs> Okay, so sh- short-term players are worth having because people get it twisted and think this is a season-long game. No, no, this is a weekly game that is f- a facade of a of a season-long game. <laughs> just happens to go over the full season. It just happens to go for a long time, but you're really only playing week by week. So if you win week by week, you win the whole thing. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A it's like a baseball. Win. Baseball is a charade. It's it's an individual sport acting like a team sport. Fancy is a weekly game serrating as a season-long game for the most part i mean that that's the general analogy so getting a win as you said beautifully week one is the same as getting a win week 12 they're they both seem one. like they matter way more week 12 but they matter the exact same it's all the same <laughs> in the playoffs they matter more but a week 12 regular season fantasy win is the same as week one don't get it if you think there's a if you think there's a guy, like, we'll take Austin Eckler, for example, because I think he's the best example in this year's draft. You take a guy like Austin Eckler, and he's super fiery in the beginning of the season. Perfect. He might get you those two wins that you needed to get to the playoffs. Um, I did this in, in our league last year. I overpaid in a fab budget waiver priority for a short-term solution at running back, Giovanni Bernard, because I knew he was going to be really good for the next three weeks. But I knew I'd have to leave him after that. I had a running back problem. I picked him up for more. And he got me through those three weeks. That short-term solution helped my long-term problem of having a bad running back core. So drafting a player that has a short-term value in the beginning of the season will help you get to the point where you need later. Whether you can trade them or you just get the win off of them. One win from one player is worth the draft pick. So I think Austin Exler, for example, in this year's draft is somewhat undervalued uh, because... He's going to be the number one running back for an indefinite amount of time. I'd say he's going to see a lot of fancy perspective. He's going to see a lot of fancy perspective on the team. Exactly. He's going to see a lot of work. So players with short-term value are worth having. Don't discount them. 
do not discount and don't at the same time don't overvalue players who you think are going to be there later in the season because they may not be on your team they might not be on your team they might not be good so yeah yeah short so i want to say more just a little bit more game equals long-term success right exactly or as i more eloquently put it do you want me to run through the whole analogy about getting ready <laughs> Please, for no. the prom? Please spare us. Please spare us. I think our listeners will like it. <laughs> okay. All right. Number eight. Number eight. Maybe number nine. <laughs> That's it. It's eight. Never lose your balance. Stay stable if you can. It's all about having a good base. You can't... If someone... <laughs> Let's say you're in a Taekwondo match. One of your legs isn't working too good. (laughs) The other coach yells, sweep the leg. What do you have to have? You have to have balance and ability to execute. (laughs) When the other coach says, sweep the leg, Johnny, you have to remain balanced. That's where this trick comes in. You have to be balanced. (laughs) When you're Ralph Macho... (laughs) When you're Ralph Macho, yeah. Get in the mind of a young Ralph Macho. You gotta become a young Ralph Macho. Fraser, what the hell do we mean by be balanced or never lose your balance? Never lose your balance means when you're drafting keep it, you have to think about good value, but you also have to think about positional value and what it means to your team. Being balanced throughout the draft gives you more flexibility. You don't want to paint yourself in a corner when your first four picks are, are wide receiver. Unless you want to do a, a zero running back, that's fine. But you end up being a little more stuck with having to reach for players that you might not normally reach for because you've painted yourself in a corner because you have overloaded at one position. Yeah. What it does is it makes you much more stuck in a certain pattern. So if you draft, let's say you have four running backs and two receivers, the likelihood of you getting a fifth running back before your third receiver, people will first off know that. So other people can can balance off of that. Um, And you can stay unpredictable if you're balanced. You can do different things and be more obscure or draft the tight end that fell to you it gives you that flexibility because you're not uh, positionally unbalanced. And I'd say the main positions we're thinking of and we're talking about would be running back and receiver. That's where we're really focusing in at, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it gives you the ability, like, let's say, exactly. If you have, if you're really sound at running back and wide receiver, you know, you can pick up the quarterback a little early if you wanted or that tight end or whatever. It just gives you more options down the road, mm-hmm. you know, being balanced or having an idea of like what could fall to you because like. Yeah. And you can only play. So you can only play if you're in a two running back, two receiver, one flex league, like most leagues are, I would say you could only play at a maximum three of one of those positions. So your fourth and fifth won't be able to play. So keep that in mind. If you have a bunch of studs, but you can't play them, they're useless. Yep. Absolutely. The flip side of this is don't draft every single position in order before you get bench spots. 
We've had league mates do this. League mates who are very near and dear to our heart. <laughs> we love them very, very much. One of my but we're not saying people. we're not saying draft every single position before you get bench players. We're just saying with running backs and receivers, stay flex or stay balanced. I will say with all of that one person doing all that stuff. He is consistently not he's been in the top like portion I'd say. I rarely see that player towards the bottom and I think that's because of just like his willingness to like be balanced. Be balanced but like also contribute throughout the year which is like the idea of like but yes, that so kudos to him. I'm going off tar- off track but yes, stay balanced that does not mean balance does not mean in order draft one of each player. It just means don't overload at one position because sometimes it can force you into making choices that you would rather not take because you have no other choice. And don't underestimate how hard it is to make a trade. Uh, trades are hard. They're very Trades difficult. are hard to get done. Uh, they don't happen a lot. And trades only happen when both parties think they're getting something out of it. Um, so if you think, oh, I'll trade this player later, later, be aware that may not be able to happen because trades are hard to work. I will. One little tip, something I really liked using throughout the year for drafts. Um, this guy, Dave, uh, Dave Richards for CBS, he has a, um, a trade value chart where he assigns a value to every single player. So when you're creating trades, you can reference the list of, how do these players stack up? Is is it roughly equal to one another? And I think that's a really useful tool for yourself to make sure you're not offering people shitty trades, but also when someone offers you a trade, you know, and you're not sure, it gives you a kind of a good idea of, you know, what do experts say? How balanced is this trade? I think it's very useful, and I think it's a tool that, people should use because they get too stuck in i drafted him so they're my favorite and they have a high value so i'm not trading you because of that it, it allows you to to kind of remove yourself from that a little bit very useful tool uh with when, when making trades just a little snippet all right let's move on to number nine number nine and we've been saying this about basically the entire top 10 tips but be flexible your draft is going to be crazy it's going to be fun it's going to be intense but be flexible be don't be stuck don't be unbalanced be fluid Mm -hmm. be like bruce lee you want to be flexible you want to be like if you're in a karate tournament (laughs) you have the ability to not have your legs swept (laughs) (laughs) Because you've been flexing. You've been, First you've off, been... have you seen that movie at all? Have you ever seen yes. The Karate Kid? Of okay. course I have. Because you're just referencing the one part of the movie. Well, that's the most important. One, two, and three? Yeah. There's a third one? Yep. And even the one with Jane Smith. <laughs> I, I have seen the Jane Smith one. Kind of fun. Not good, but fun. Yeah. It, that goes back to kind of the mock draft thing. It's like... Don't get stuck into, like, no matter how the draft unfolds, I'm going wide receiver, wide receiver, or running back, running back. Because then you get back to the point of you're reaching, you're, you end up with the same team over and over again. I think it's like, 
let's say you're number you're number ten and Christian McCaffrey falls to you, but in all your mock drafts or in all your preparations, <laughs> you're like, I like Julio there. I've been getting Julio there all year. I don't care that one of the top three running backs fell to me. I'm taking Julio, and I, you know what? I only go wide receiver, wide receiver. So I'm going Julio and Tyreek Hill, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, and number the person who's nine is like, oh my god, this is like the greatest day of my life because now I get <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins, and now I'm getting <laughs> Chris McCaffrey in the free. It's it just like, so don't get stuck in. This is what I did. This is what all the draft prep told me. If a better situation comes up or un- unveils itself during the draft. Be flexible and be willing to take that chance. Don't get stuck in. I have to do it this this way. That's the only way. I I don't think I can say anything better. I think that's basically exactly what we need to say. Be flexible. Be ready for the un, unexpected. Be prepared, but be willing to shift. That's what it comes down to. All right. Number 10. Number 10. The last and I think most important. Definitely the most important. Act as if your draft sucked. Yep. Your draft, you think it's hot shit, but it actually sucked balls. This That's is, how you should this how is you should look at it. Me. Frazier thinks his drafts are always the biggest hotness. He's like roster baiting every single day, time after the draft. Always. Honestly, if I had your in-game man- in-season management <laughs> with my drafts, I think I'd win every year. <laughs> Razor, we need to combine huh we could we need to combine we need to combine our forces that is the thing i get so so stuck i spend so much time listening to podcasts writing notes you know thinking circle making my charts figuring out my tears i spend months and months and everyone like if you really care about this you spend a lot of time thinking about your draft thinking about we were picking players different strategies you spend a lot of time and you have a tendency me have a tendency to be stuck in it and then don't want to change off my team so you have to draft once you're done you almost want to forget where you drafted those players and pretend they all suck and give yourself the (laughs) flexibility to pick up different players trade players be open to moving. Well, I drafted him in the first round, so I don't know if I want to start this wide receiver because the wide receiver was drafted in the 10th round. Even though he's having a much better year, I kind of drafted him in the third and the 10th, so I don't want to. You you just throw all that shit out the window. Where you drafted a player doesn't matter anymore. In a trade, if you're trading for someone, let's say this was last year, and someone offers you Greg Kittle week two, and you're like, ah, I don't know. I drafted Jimmy Graham in the fourth. And, uh, you know, I think I'm going to stick with Jimmy Graham. You're, you're crying yourself to sleep every night, you know, for the last six months because Greg Kittle could have won you your league. But because Greg Kittle was, you picked him off waivers, you just value them differently. So throw yeah. out all your preconceived notions and just mm-hmm. go forward. You, you yeah. can speak to this better than I can, honestly, because you're you you're much better at this. Yeah, so my I never think my drafts are very good. Um, I'd say drafting isn't my forte necessarily. You're my uh, forte. R.I.P. to Cedric Benson, by the way. I know, dude. Shout out to Cedric Benson. Shout out to Cedric Benson. He was he was a good player. He was awesome. I remember I dude, I had him on a fantasy team or two. <laughs> um so the best way to say this is 
the draft isn't the end of the season. It's just the beginning. You got to look at it like that. Is there any better way to say that, Frasch? I don't think so. That was super yeah, just, beautiful. If just, you were just, able to somehow work in like a Karate Kid reference, <laughs> I think you would have been perfect. Okay, so when you're trained to become the master and you, you're thinking and you're dreaming about that that uh, championship match mm-hmm. against I'll that like blonde-haired that. fellow uh-huh. and you're... you're you start from the beginning. You're you're yeah. a young karate kid. You think you're hot and you're waxing shit. on and you're waxing off. You think you're hot shit in the beginning. You know how to do Catch it. Flies you gotta work. You gotta work your way through all of that to realize your ultimate goal. Well, realize that you suck, and then you can only grow from there. Yeah, I feel like recognizing that you suck is even in life. This, you know, fuck fantasy football. We're talking. Life. <laughs> We're talking life. The only way for you to really grow is to know that you suck. <laughs> you suck a little bit. You, you suck a little bit. Suck. And the only way to get better at anything is to recognize that you suck. It doesn't matter how much work you put into something. You still kind of suck at it. Don't think that you're hot shit because if you think you're hot shit, you'll never grow. You'll never get any better. But if you constantly – this is – okay. So caveat – think you suck but don't feel like you suck because you want to have confidence but you also need to know that you suck so you can grow you can grow because sucking is growing (laughs) (laughs) sucking is growing good point good point phrase (laughs) sucking is growing um let's bring it back to fans football just a little bit uh I protest this. I'm, how do I? How you know do what? Can this just be a life coach, life coach podcast? We'd be insufferable oh God, as life coaches. I'd be so unhelpful. We'd be like, just fix it. Just figure <laughs> it out. Like, why aren't you just figuring it out? You suck. Get over it. You suck. But your team sucks a little bit. And you need to improve throughout the whole season. Incrementally improve, 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 mm-hmm. grow, change, trade, drop players, add players, uh, put new players in your lineup, movement, change. That's how you incrementally get better throughout the season because you're caring more, you're paying attention more, you're making the moves necessary. The draft is the beginning, but it's not the end. Yeah. And keep paying attention throughout the season. People put so much preparation into early season, getting draft strategy. Keep listening to those podcasts. Keep reading those articles. Keep listening to us. You know, those are the the ways that you can get better throughout the year. You know, you're only so good right now, but you can get much better. So just always keep learning, always trying to read, always pick up, always move. Don't get stuck in what you did in the past. Just like in life, don't focus on the past. Focus on the future. If you suck, you will get better. (laughs) <laughs> all right i have some i thought of some extras i think that's our number 10 it's perfect it's the most important but i have some very i have one at least very stupid thing number that you should nine think again <laughs> no number 10a no which i think is perfect nine. for us <laughs> it needs to be a little bit shitty at the end um look up the if you're not doing a computer-based draft look up the player you're drafting before you draft them to make sure they're not injured 
Yeah, you did this last year. Because I did this last year. I picked Marquise Lee as like a seventh round pick, and it instantly became a useless pick. Zero value, ACL tear or whatever out for the season. Like, you should, you gotta know if you're not on one of those like sites that a player could have got injured an hour before and you weren't paying attention. Like, I was, make sure. I was actually, I knew that it was happening. Zach's race turned to me. He goes, So I know that this happened. Like, what's the deal? Like, do we tell people? I'm like, Nah, you keep that to yourself because no, you keep it to yourself. Someone's bought a land on a landmine. <laughs> Sure enough, there's your boy. Private Ryan, their ass, yeah. So, that's something to keep in mind. Something that people probably don't think about is you could draft a player that is completely useless because you weren't paying attention. Yep. Cool. Is there anything else? Any other ones, phrase you wanted to just throw in here? We got a couple minutes if you need them. If you suck, you will grow. I want to end Perfect. on that. Me too. All right, Fraze, got anything to plug? Mr. Ballcaps, great selection of vintage hats and apparel out there on the market. Incredibly fairly priced, but if you're a cheap bastard, use promo code TMOM, T-M-O-M at checkout for an extra 15% off and already steal on a vintage good. Uh, so go check out that site, constantly adding stuff. If you're in the market for a new BMW, new 2004 BMW 325XI, great car, uh, hit me up. It's on Facebook, uh, so I'll be selling that as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's all I got. Also, go to all our social media channels, the Masters of Maker Mediocrity. You already know where to find us. Uh, go to our Patreon, patreon.com, and search the Masters of Mediocrity. Every donation goes in there to help support this podcast. Basically, all we're looking for is just to get our SoundCloud fees covered. Uh, we just want to keep putting this out. We have a ton of fun. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. We do. Oh, yeah. Go cool. uh, rate and review our podcast on Apple uh, iTunes. Uh, that That's very helpful. Um, so do that and if you write a five star review uh, feel free to put a question in there and we will answer it on the podcast cool everyone out there in podcast have a good night peace peace